This is episode 17 of Small Business Rising. My name is Anna. And my name is Marta. And today we are solving a challenge sent to us by Koko, a Japanese illustrator who is teaching how to draw manga. Koko is asking us about how to target and sell to parents and how to price her manga teaching services. Luckily, we have our marketing and advertising specialist and an owner of Do Something Consulting Agency to support us in answering the question. Luckily. <laughs> luckily, and I just uh, noticed that uh, I did not give a name to that uh, lucky person that we have. Uh, it's Maria Vos. Yes. Uh, it is uh, someone we are collaborating with as our expert. Mm -hmm. And that's someone we've had as a guest on our other podcast. You've got five options. And we really like Maria's approach. So we will be happy to call Maria and ask her uh, for her opinion, mm -hmm. for her advice. And uh, I guess we call Maria and then we read the challenge. And uh, let's, to yes. us, uh, and let's by Coco. hope that Maria will answer. Yes. Maria, Maria. And let's hope we can hear it as well. Oh, yeah, I can hear that something is going on. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Hi, Maria. Hello. Hey. Can you hear us? I, I can hear you. Yes, Is we hear you. Yes, we hear you well, uh, too. Maria, we just, just made an introduction and we mm -hmm. started calling you up. We have not uh, read the challenge yet. We will do that in a moment. But if you could just tell us a few sentences about yourself as we are having you here for the first time in this podcast as yeah. our expert. So we only told your name and we said that you are an owner of a of Do Something, a consulting agency, and just tell us a few things about yourself as an introduction. Yeah. Yeah. Um, well, again, my name is Maria Foss. I am a Danish citizen, and um, Martha and Anna like to say that I'm really the most non-Danish Danish person. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Correct. Um, yeah. So, uh, and yeah, I do have a marketing agency. I've been um, an entrepreneur for four years now, and I work with small to medium-sized Danish companies that do something good for people and environment. So, and it's primarily service companies. Um, and yeah, so I think that's that. Well, Coco, who sent us her challenge, is definitely doing something good for people. She is teaching mm. them how to draw manga. <laughs> That's a very good cause. No, it's, uh, it's maybe not like directly good cause for the humanity or environment. But well. uh, I think this is... So well, I will uh, make a little disclosure here. My own child uses these uh, draw, uh, manga drawing classes. Mm -hmm. So actually, Coco is someone who is teaching my child how to draw, and uh, he really enjoys that. Mm -hmm. He loves those classes. Uh, he He's getting so much better, and uh, having something like that for a teenager, for mm -hmm. a teenage boy, I think this is really amazing, especially in 2020. Especially in 2020, so exactly. I'll just mm -hmm. read what Coco wrote to us, and then, Maria, we'll just ask you to, uh, yeah, we'll just talk about it. So here it comes. Hi, 
My name is Coco. I am Japanese illustrator. My business is to teach how to draw manga slash anime. I have two struggles. Help me. Struggle number one. <laughs> how do I target or sell to parents? So most of my students are kids age seven to 15, but it's parents who pay. I decided that I need to target both kids and parents. I'm doing okay for kids targeting, but how do I target and sell to parents? Parents don't care about to learn how to draw anime hair on TikTok or YouTube, so they don't really look for me. I have to go to them, I think, but how? Where are they? My business is right now physical lessons, but I want to expand outside of Denmark by offering online lessons, online products. So I'm talking here about online marketing, reaching out to parents in USA, UK, anybody whose kids speak English. And then struggle number two, pricing. What's the method to price on my service without me feeling undercharged or that people are feeling it's ripped off? But uh, let us start with the struggle uh, one, which is around targeting and selling to parents. So, Maria, tell us what you've got. Yeah. Um, first off, when I um, when I prepared myself for answering these questions, I realized that Coco's questions actually relate to the four P's of marketing, like product, price, promotion, and placement. Mm -hmm. um, it's also called your marketing mix and you know, as a marketeer, I, I think that's, you know, that realization is kind of fun. Um, <laughs> so well, how, let's get into it. So um, according to a study called Little Bit Big Influencers uh, made in Northern Europe from 2015, actually 97% of all Danish ch children from the age of 6 to 13 participate in decisions when parents, parents decide what activities to invest in. Um, although the financial decision is still the parents, actually the children are the ones who push the decision. So Interesting. When mm -hmm. um, actually, and it gets even, well, worse for you because you have children, uh, <laughs> but uh, parents tend to spend 60% more when the kids are involved in the buying process. Wow, so, good news, Coco. Yeah. <laughs> at least in the Danish market. Yeah. At least in the Danish market. This is an, uh, an uh, uh, you know, a study of all uh, Northern Europe. So we also have um, Norway and, and so on. Mm -hmm. uh, but this tells us that actually what Kogo uh, is doing right now in regards to actually getting the kids is really a good thing because it's through the kids that you get to the parents. Um, so basically, I would recommend Kogo to actually keep focusing on the kids and get them involved because they are, at least uh, from my point of view, the, her biggest clients. Um, so I would recommend that she create an environment that they love and understand um, and use the media that she have available, especially YouTube and TikTok. Um, because in regards to a study by Statista, TikTok is the most popular social network for children in the U.S., and we know, you know, that when something is popular in the U.S., it's probably going to be the same um, in most other countries because they influence each other that way. Um, so she was <laughs> able to find them here 
And in in Denmark and the the Nordic countries, um, the social media that is still most used by children in the age of seven to um, to fourteen mm-hmm. is YouTube. So, um, so, so she already are, mentions the two yeah. primary mm-hmm. media. So good job, Coco, already exactly. identifying mm-hmm. the two best uh, media uh, for you. And uh, something more that you wanted to add, Maria, that I cut you off maybe accidentally? Or maybe on purpose? (laughs) It's just that when she says she wants to go um, international, I think that what she, you know, I know she's using TikTok at the moment, but she could um, gain something from using that even more since TikTok is a, a media that's very... You know, it, it kind of disregards the your the geographical placement of the person who creates content. So it's it's very it's very easy to go and be more international with your content and have people from many different countries seeing it. Um, so mm-hmm. I think that you know that if she keeps on working on in that media, I think she will do very well. So your straightforward advice would be to keep on targeting children because Mm. that's, well, first of all, she already has the media to do it. And second of Mm -hmm. all, children are involved in the activities uh, or in Mm. the choice of activities that they are supposed to participate in. And parents are likely to pay more when the kids are involved in the decision. Exactly. Um. And if, if we were to go and uh, and think about the parents and uh, and how she could um, in, involve them a little bit more and actually also market her um, you know her her drawing lessons, she could go um, and use word of mouth and the acknowledgement for primary schools maybe a little bit more. Since you know kids pushed kids pushed buying process, but the parents are the ones who are actually paying for it for it, and she's completely right there. And sometimes parents need some kind of validation mm-hmm. um, before actually buying a product. So that validation, since she's, I, I think she's kind of new. Uh, I don't know. Yeah, uh, some considerations, because of course, since I happen to be one of the clients (laughs) who have uh, actually decided to buy from Coco, I have, uh, you know, like I have reflected on how she hooked me (laughs) and uh, and it was not my child who found it and wanted to uh, sign up for those classes. He he did not find her uh, in any way. So it was me who knows my child being very, very interested in anime and manga. And it was uh, by coincidence, meaning I was connected with Coco through a common international mothers group. Um, So basically, we got connected through being in the same parents group because that's international mothers in Aarhus. And then she was just uh, on her Facebook profile writing something about, I have this manga drawing class. And I was like, hey, that's just perfect for my child. And, you know, that's not something that I heard about ever, that it's even 
possible to get here in Denmark yeah. manga drawing classes here in Aarhus. So I thought about it like I was immediately like, hi, uh, Coco, how does it work? Do you also teach uh, bigger kids? Um, because I have a kid that is almost 14 at that point of time and he loves manga and he would be interested, you know, how does it work? So I just reflected on it that it's a special case because Coco teaches in English mm-hmm. and you know, majority of kids in Denmark actually don't speak English when they are kids. They, you know, people start speaking yeah. a little bit later. So actually targeting all the international parents, it, it gives you at least something specific on what kind of parents group you are targeting in these countries like uh, Denmark, Norway, and so on. It's the international parents. Uh, mm, that you yeah. can target. And then in US or in other English speaking countries, then you, you are not restricted in this way. And that's when you go online and use all the TikTok, YouTube and so on. But here you can have a segment. You can join groups where the international parents are available by, you know, by because I know Coco, she did not write it in the uh, challenge, but she is a mother herself, which makes it much easier mm-hmm. because maybe it's difficult to join those groups if you're not a parent because then you're just an advertiser. But since she's a parent mm. herself, she can go to those groups in uh, yeah, in, in other circumstances, <laughs> so to yeah. speak, and connect with the parents there, tell about what she's doing and the parents can get kind of like two and two together. Like, oh, that's amazing. My kid loves anime or my kids love manga. That's such a great idea. And she can mm. get the parents uh-huh. to, you know, to volunteer, <laughs> so to speak, yeah. come to her uh, by just uh, making the information available in those groups. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Great point. Um, I was also thinking, I also had the thing with the groups, but I was also um, thinking in regard to get the acknowledgement that some p- parents may be needing in, in terms of, is, is this good for my kid? Is, is, is this something they would be interested in? Um, I thought that it might be interesting to actually go in and look at uh, the primary schools and maybe some art classes uh, and the art teachers especially because when you know um, many tens, or when I say many, I mean like 44% um, of people trust experts more than ads. So mm-hmm. if she were going to talk about herself and how good she is, um, uh, some people wouldn't take that as a, you know, as as real as if um, she may maybe were to get uh, an hour or so in a, in an art class in an international primary school and have the kids go through a, a little workshop or something because then the teachers would have validated her in her you know in her way of being able to actually teach um, and then she would maybe get um, some new kids interested in anime and anime drawing and mm-hmm. actually get in that way um so that was one thing i was thinking that maybe could be interesting um i know that art teachers in dk often look for new projects to do with the kids since um, i'm actually marketing doing marketing for these uh, teachers i am i am a member of a lot of uh, art teacher groups 
And I know that they are constantly looking for new projects and new interesting things to to uh, get the kids to go through. So um, so that was maybe a way to go in and, and get that acknowledgement I think that sounds who is considered an expert. Yeah, that sounds like a great idea. So looking at Coco being based in Aarhus, there is obviously an international school mm-hmm. that could be mm. a place to go. Maria, what would be your opinion about going to like a gymnasium level? Uh, because she mentions also these kids up to 15 years old. So yeah. the older kids, end of primary education, beginning of gymnasium, where you might be speaking English already. Mm-hmm. What would be your opinion of targeting this also in a Danish uh, education system? Um, do you think that language here is a big barrier or is that something that could be worked with? Um, well, my first thought in regards to the language barrier, I actually thought that it would be interesting for her to maybe connect the teaching in English um, to the English classes. So it mm-hmm. would be an interesting way to actually learn to speak English and do something creative while, while you're at it. Um, to have that, uh, some, some children have, uh, have it easier when they, are, when they are engaged in an activity if they need to learn something new. So uh, that, I, I thought that maybe would be an interesting thing to at least research a little bit on, if that would actually open up you know, to that new market where the language barrier isn't really a barrier anymore, but it's a, an, you know, an opportunity to learn. I love it. Um, yeah, I was actually thinking when I was listening to you, Maria, that you could even try to do like a little experiment when she comes into a school and uh, she can say from the beginning, I don't speak Danish, but I will show you how you can speak through manga. And Mm -hmm. basically try to make like a small workshop, almost with no words, just trying to communicate a message or talk to people, uh, to kids through the drawing and explain how you can actually uh, communicate through art, through through drawing. What do you think about that? Mm -hmm. I think it would be so interesting, Mm -hmm. you know, also just to have. uh, I know that my my little brother, I have a a small brother and he's 12. Mm-hmm. I know that he he would have be, be able to learn way more if he could connect it to an experience or to a character that's doing something. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I think that would be an amazing opportunity. I really if, like if, it. Yeah, I really uh, like it. Course, I think. Oh, sorry. Go ahead, Maria. Sorry, but uh, of course now it's just us um, talking about it. But I would really recommend if. Kogo thought that this was interesting, that she could go into some of all these Facebook groups um, and actually ask these questions mm-hmm. for the teachers. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, just doing the, that base research and, and, and showing up and um, sometimes it's not possible to actually promote anything in, uh, in these groups. Um, but when asking questions, we get a you know, we get a little bit looser leash so we can actually, through asking questions, promote our services. Um, so yeah. that. Yeah, yeah I, I totally agree. And I actually think that, especially now, when there is so many schools that are shutting down uh, entire like class or even couple of classes because of the uh, perceived corona danger and they are switching to uh, distance learning, uh, teachers mm-hmm. could be struggling with keeping an interest 
uh, in students because imagine you sit basically all day in front of computer. I know something about this because my daughter is exactly in this situation now. She's she's doing the distance learning for the second wing, and uh, that could be something really great for for art teachers to bring something new, bring someone new, uh, just as a you know. A, a, something uh, more exciting than just the regular route of 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 learning uh, something through a computer so this could be mm -hmm. a quite nice opportunity to uh, to make those classes more exciting so i think there could be a good ground now to actually come with this yeah she also asked in the question if she was going to go with an online um an online product, mm -hmm. so she's not um, contained to just you know being herself. Mm -hmm. And uh, and in regards to that, I am um, I'm currently marketing a um uh what's it teaching um, teaching materials mm -hmm. for um, physics and biology and stuff and stuff. Exciting. And we've been yeah, <laughs> and we've been uh, marketing that um few. Throughout the years, every time let's get something new, we make a new marketing campaign. But it was really apparent when Corona hit that these, and it's all online, all these materials, and the students can just access it online and see videos, make assignments, uh, make their own videos. Um, and it really became apparent that this was something that the teachers actually need now because we have way more users using these materials now than mm -hmm. we have previously. Um, and, uh, and by the way, these materials are free, but I do know that um, some others have had a good experience marketing paid materials too. Um, so you see the potential uh, in the online marketing product? I do. Um, but I do think, getting back to what her questions was all about that th those four P's I do think that Coco maybe um, need to get a little bit more um, you know what, what I suppose to say um, a little bit more um, direct in what she's actually offering because going into the online space you have a lot more competitors True. because if she's teaching in English, you know, we can just go to YouTube and just type in how to draw anime hair. And then there's tons of hits. Mm -hmm. So she's going to go from a an area where there's probably not so much competition. I, I don't know. I don't know about the competition in manga drawing. But, you know, into a space where competition is very tough. Mm -hmm. um, and in that, I think... Um, she first of all would need to to think about how are we going to do this online? Is it going to be one to one via Zoom, or are we going to sell pre-recorded classes, um, or maybe a subscription model? Uh, I don't know. Mm -hmm. And um, and how would she be able to differ or differentiate herself from all the free guides we can get and see on YouTube? You know, what value does Coco create that's different or better than all the others? Mm -hmm. um, so yeah. for Coco I, to be able to answer those questions, because now you have brought like three different ways to go about it and a number of questions. Mm -hmm. What what should where does she start? Where like how she can clarify those things for herself? What would be the best way to do it? 
That's a good question. Um, I like to use um, a model called the Golden Circle. Mm-hmm. Um, it's very value-based. Uh, you can just go and look it up. It's made by Simon Sinek. And it's asked the questions of why, how, and what. Um, mm-hmm. and, it's, it, and it's basically based on why are you doing what you're doing, um, how are you going to do it, and what do you actually deliver. Um, so I like this model because it focuses on the value the value and the and the meaning behind what you're doing rather than the actual product in the end. Mm-hmm. Um, and I've seen this model ver- work very well, especially within service industries because people buy into people way more when you have a one-to-one teacher. You buy more into that person and their value system just as much as you buy into what they actually deliver. You know, you... Um, as I just told you guys, I had a teacher today um, in, a, in a class about um, design and leadership, and I, I really, he, he's good. He's really good. I just don't like him. <laughs> and, you know, I would never pay to actually, if, if I knew this, I would never pay to get, te- you know, to get teached by him. I would rather have someone else with a value system I can relate to because then I will learn way more. Right now, I'm just getting annoyed at everything he says. So, (laughs) So, Maria, we have about uh, five minutes uh, till the end of the show, and I would like Mm -hmm. us to spend a little bit of time on pricing. So, just uh, reminding what are the questions about uh, pricing. What's the method to price on my service without me feeling undercharged or that people are feeling it's ripped off? Good question, huh? Very <laughs> good question, to be honest. I, I must admit, I think pricing is very hard, especially when you sell yourself another product. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I spent like four years to find a, a place where I'm comfortable. Um, so my advice is first to do some market research. Um, it will also gain do her good in regards to how to sell her products online or um, or maybe her teachings, just do some market research and see what other people take for, for you know, for their teachings. And, um, and, and then I would look um, at myself or, and see, you know, what do I need uh, as a minimum? Um, what do I feel comfortable with charging? Because if you don't feel comfortable with the price, if it's too high or too low, then you will not be... Um, then you will not have the, you know, the ability to actually sell the product because you will not believe in it. Um, so I would say that, you know, um, that she needs to look a little bit uh, on herself and then find out what's the minimum price, what what's the bare minimum if she were to survive on this, mm-hmm. and then go. You of course you don't want to charge the bare minimum because that doesn't leave place for insecurities. So you need to add on that, and then. Um, and then have a comfortable price where you feel comfortable. And then, uh, at least for my pricing, I've looked into securities. So I have a comfortable price, um, but that price is not so high. I can just say it. my comfortable minimum price is 600 per hour, mm-hmm. but a, cl- a client needs to pay for 100 hours at once for that to be a secure price because, it, um, you know, it's not a security for me to, to have someone pay just 600 an hour. That doesn't leave enough room 
So the more insecure my income gets, the higher the price. So if you only buy one hour from me, and if you haven't registered any, you know, any kind of subscription or anything, it's 800 per hour because I'm not sure of how many hours I'm going to sell you. So um, that's just my prices for 2021. Um, and I will, of course, raise them. The better I get, the higher the price. Mm. So that that would be something she could think about, I think. I think it's a really good advice, Maria. And um, me, I was going through the same thing when pricing for my own business and again, also selling myself. And this is so important that you need to feel comfortable with the price. Mm -hmm. If it is too low, you are going to burn out. If yeah. it is too high, you're not going to be capable of selling it because you will not believe in, in it as well. And exactly. I think a very good question to ask yourself here is how much would I be willing to pay for that kind of service for my child? And that will tell you a lot about where you're at. Because if you will mm -hmm. answer, if you're, I will just call it, you're a cheap person and you say, I wouldn't pay more than a hundred kronas, it will tell you a lot about what you're thinking what is your kind of, uh, you know, uh, psychology <laughs> behind it, so to speak. And it might point out to some things you need to resolve uh, yourself because it might point out is like, is my service really good? If you are willing to pay a thousand kronas, you are like, hell, that's good. I can ask for a thousand kronas then, you know. So it's, it's a really good question to ask yourself, how much would I be willing to pay for this service mm -hmm. for my child? And on that note, I want to thank you, Maria, for thank you very much, Maria. your advice. And uh, Coco, if you have follow-up questions, just uh, let us know. Bye-bye. Mm -hmm. Bye-bye. Yep, and thank you. Thank, thank you. you very much. Bye.